Hey everyone, we're back with the District 3 Podcast, episode 130. Uh, we've made it to episode 130. What was the last episode you were in? Will, I forgot. I don't know, I can't remember. It's been a while. I tried Googling it, but I couldn't find it. But episode, maybe like a few dozen episodes back, Will um, was on the podcast now his second time. He joins the club of people that have been on the podcast for a second time. But joining us as co-host, Maribel. Maribel made it back from Texas. We were both in Texas at the same time. Yes, I saw that. Just random. Like everybody was in Texas this past. Right? Yeah. Well, it was graduation weekend, so my oldest nephew graduated high school, um, and he and it's um, in San Marcos, Texas. So I gotta go. I had to go support my kiddo. What did you do? Anything else besides go to the graduation? Like any any sightseeing? Any. No, child. I was only there for the weekend. <laughs> I was there for the weekend too, I, but yeah. But you're like in your twenties. I'm at, uh, I'm actually thirty. Oh, but excuse me. I'm I just, exactly thirty. I don't have 30. the energy for that. I was like, okay, I drive. It's a ten-hour drive, so I was just like, oh. Oh, you you went to where? What part of Texas you said? It's close to Austin. Oh, okay. It's close to Austin, so it's. it's I just went to Dallas. Oh well, yeah. Like that's eaten. No, I'm just kidding. Dallas. Dallas <laughs> is like. Drive. There's like a bar every. Five feet. Dallas exactly. is Fayetteville South, right? right? Like, yeah. like it's just yes. an extension of Fayetteville yes. in Texas. I just, uh, I have to close my eyes when I'm driving through Dallas. I'm telling you, life is too short to live in Dallas. <laughs> and once again, if I didn't mention it completely, joining us today is the strategic director of the Democratic Party of Arkansas, Will Watson. Will, thank you for joining us. Besides that, you're also a ghost enthusiast. Oh my gosh, please Listen, tell us about my, that. My titles are many. Ghost enthusiast is one I'll embrace, <laughs> but um, but yeah, I'm happy to be also working with the Democratic Party. Yeah. And you actually started in this position, was it, well, like two or three months ago? Yeah, I've just been official since May 1st. So I've been working with the party since the beginning of the year on recruitment and uh, strengthening the party across the state. We're definitely rebuilding right now, um, but, but yeah came on last month full-time and one of the things that you were doing before which i'm not sure if it was official official or unofficial you've been doing a lot of candidate recruitment that's right yeah absolutely i mean we think that part of the pathway back to any sort of power for progressives and democrats in arkansas is finding good candidates at every level to run so we that's a big focus for us have and you we met were, Irvin? <laughs> have you met me exactly <laughs> did did we meet when i was running for office we did meet. Um, it was probably brief, right? It wasn't yes. That? So I, you ran in 2016, right? Yeah. So I, 2016 was the cycle I stepped away from politics for a little while and worked in the arts um, at the Walton Arts Center in Fayetteville. Okay. And so uh, while I was still, you know, paying attention, I wasn't in the space like fully at that time. So, um, but certainly like followed your campaign and have cited it many times to people interested in running um, who understand that politics is a long curve. It's not one where you like are guaranteed success from like the beginning, but you push that curve down and, and I think you paved the way for a lot of other people to um, ultimately get elected later. And that's that's part of the game. I appreciate that. Uh, one of the things that we were talking before, before we started is I uh, was telling you that you should recruit Maribel to run for office. <laughs> yes, absolutely. Well, I will be, uh, I, it sounds like not person number one, but so, you know, she's not embarrassed to, say, to talk to people. I, she is known in the community. She's bilingual. She's a very strong woman. I'm like, very smart. Very, she's very smart. Anything else, Maribel? 
Uh, I'm just a delightful <laughs> and person. It sounds like you've got to run. I have this charisma, and yeah. it just I play to my advantage. You know, toda una política. The only thing <laughs> is that she moves like every three months, but besides I, that, like she's yeah. in Rogers now. Listen, that just means that you have to run for a district so big that it doesn't matter where you move. The like district Congress? covers that, like Congress or yeah, yeah, you know, yeah, yeah. Or, or county judge or yeah. something like I that. I think today <laughs> I decided that I was going to run for mayor. Yeah, for mayor because Rogers. Mayor Maribel Tapia sounds amazing. And we need right. that. And, you know... As a Will Watson, I'm a big fan of alliteration. You know, Mayor, Mayor Maribel sounds great to me. Oh, yeah, gracias. Right. It, it sounds does. really nice even when you say it. That's right. Okay, that did sound pretty nice, this. actually. Hey, okay, there, there you go. It's decided. So when, it's now decided. we just gotta check to see when the next election Rogers is for mayor, because I don't know if there's even an election this year for it. It's probably um, too late to sign up for anyways. That's right? okay. That's okay. City races, but next time. We, we, we have all this time to organize. Mm. Watch out. <laughs> Maribel is coming. <laughs> so Maribel um, was the main organizer of the Springdale Peace Walk uh, here in, in Springdale a few years back, and she kind of recruited me for that, and we did it for three years. Yeah. And we and we, every year we're like we're gonna bring it back. We're gonna, but we never do. We always forget, or we always yeah, have some. Yeah. Or there's something you know. Some like, catastrophe ever happens yeah, in the world, or, and we know. just and we just stop. But yeah. um, definitely think that Maribel would be a good candidate for you to recruit in the future. So keep keep a tab on her. Absolutely. Oh, uh, oh, okay. No pressure. No pressure. <laughs> and, but uh, here to talk about you, Will. Uh, <laughs> you're you're synonymous to like I feel like you're synonymous to the word Democrat. Um, I remember one time. I was at Lucky Luke's in Fayetteville, and I was hanging out with a friend, and uh, I didn't know you or anything, and I think you walked in, and my friend that I was with was like, oh, there's the Democrat, Will. <laughs> like, you're you're synonymous to the word Democrat. What What is that? How does that make you feel? No, I think that, you? I mean, I would be lying if I said that I, you know, that I hadn't done this work for, you know, about 14 years now. I mean, I've been involved in democratic politics in Northwest Arkansas. Um, since I became aware of a senator from Illinois named Barack Obama that I thought had a different, um, you know, a different view than a lot of people I'd been exposed to. And he sort of inspired me to get more involved and to learn more. And um, working on that campaign again in 2008, it feels crazy to say that it was 14 years ago. Oh but, um, you know, I have, have really leaned into the work here locally. I think that, you know, all change really starts local. And, um, you know, I'm, I'm one of those uh, people that moved to Northwest Arkansas from somewhere else and looked around and said, I don't really want to live anywhere else. I want to travel other mm -hmm. places. I love traveling. I know you guys all like to travel, too. Um, but Northwest Arkansas is home for me, and I don't expect that to change. And so having done it for a while now, you know, and having bothered just about everybody I know to run for office or to get engaged in local politics, yeah. um, you know, I think that's that's just uh, part of it. But the funnier thing is, like, uh, you know, social media makes people more connected. And so meeting people, you know, in democratic spaces or progressive spaces or organizing spaces and them say, like, oh, I know you from Twitter. And yeah, <laughs> I'm yeah, like, yeah. I don't know if that's a good thing or a bad thing. <laughs> but um, in most instances, it can be a good thing because it just makes it easier to um, connect. I had... Um Someone come up to me at the, uh, Chris Jones recently spoke at, I forgot what park, there's a lot of parks in Fayetteville, I forgot which park, but he spoke, he spoke there and I had some guy that was riding his bicycle, uh, he stopped me before I got to the event, he was like, hey, I follow you on Twitter, 
And I was like, what's your name? Because sometimes folks don't have a profile picture. You don't know who's who. Yeah, this is true. They don't have their actual name. They have a name. Like, you You change your name. You're, you change your Twitter name, like, every five months, Will. So it's hard to keep track of everybody, right? Listen, there's there's <laughs> holidays. You know, you got to have a pumpkin in the in the name whenever it's Halloween. You got to have, you know, like a Christmas emoji when it's Christmas. <laughs> what are you at right now? What's your Twitter handle right now? It's just Will Watson AR. Oh, you, you know? went ba- Okay, you went yeah. basic. Yeah, you just went. very basic. Okay. Will Watson. Will Watson AR is the handle, so... I feel yeah. you. I feel you. Well, um, so you you personally, I know you're always recruiting candidates, and I always bring this up. How closer are you to to one day running for office yourself? I mean, I'd love to run for office someday, but I kind of made the pledge a long time ago that, uh, you know, if I'm living in a district or area that needs a candidate, I will consider it. You know, I think I have a background. I think that, like, my upbringing, like, suits me for politics. I, I have a good perspective. I grew up in a very humble, like, working-class household and recognize like how much potential Arkansas has that, that it's not activating right now. But in every district that I'm in, if I, can, I would like to find somebody better than me to run, right? Yeah. I, I've always been a person who, I don't wanna be the smartest person in a room. I, wanna be the, I want there to be a lot of smart people around that mm-hmm. I can you know, talk to. And in the same way that I feel that, you know, I wanna find a better person. I also like, there's no like, um, not blunt way to say this, but my demographic, straight white dude, is pretty well represented in the government. Yeah. <laughs> and so you have, if, you have empathetic straight white dude, though. That's true, a, that's, that's a fair. No, I mean, fair. adding that <laughs> at the end that's yeah. a different category. is good. But, um, but you know, making sure that, that there's good representation in government, you know, um, I think that something like under 30% of the legislature in Arkansas is, is made up of women. Mm-hmm. Um, certainly, it's a smaller percent that's made up of people of color. And um, and that's a big problem. And I think until there's, you know, more equity and representation, then, um, you know, that's not to say I'll never do it. I think yeah. there's plenty of spaces where, you know, dudes of my demographic need to, like, get proximal to, like, the issues that are, you know, um, we need to leverage that privilege to to make change. Yeah. Um, but but I'm always on the hunt for, for better people to run. So I feel you on that. someday, though. I think we've kind of made a mutual pledge that the next time that, you know, that you get in and I'll think a little bit more about getting in it too. And maybe Mary Bell is in that, uh, Same time. Um, in that pledge now too. Like, all three of us, we're just, we're just going to run we're just gonna, We have to come up with a cool name, though. It has to be like a trio of, like, yeah. three young people running for office. We're all young. Three musketeers. Um, but one of the things that I that I wanted to, to mention, kind of touching base, touching on what you just said right now about, like, finding better people. When this minority, uh, new minority district was created, you know, that in part of Springdale, which is, like, where most of the Latinx folks, Marshallese folks are, uh, there was a little part of me that was, like, should I run for this? Mm-hmm. But the biggest part of me was like, I don't want to. I hope someone that I can trust, that I support, that's a good person, that has already been in the community, uh, steps up or in the or, in, or steps in, not steps up mm-hmm. because people have been doing work already. And then I saw Diana Gonzalez Worthen was running for this. And I was like, yes. Yes. Because it's like, it comes full circle, mm-hmm. right? Because she was the first... And I think it might have been the first uh, progressive Latina to run for office in Northwest mm-hmm. Arkansas. Mm-hmm. Um, and I think she, she schooled me because I thought it was 2012 when she ran for the first time. Mm-hmm. But she told me it was like 2006, I think. Six. Yeah, because yeah, I, I was, she was my science teacher at right. Rogers High School. That, and so yeah. I Small world. still call her Ms. War then. Yeah. And she tells me like, you can call me Diana. And I'm like, I, that's just weird. You were my teacher, and so it does sound weird when I say Diana too. I'm, yeah, I'm, I'm it, it just sounds weird. So, but I still call my teachers by their like Mr. and Mrs. It, yeah, yeah, even though I'm like almost forty, <laughs> I, still, I still call them that. Um, but she, 
after I graduated, which was in the yeah early late five years ago. Yeah, five years ago. <laughs> um, it was shortly after that. So it it's it was early in the two thousand. So two thousand six. You, yeah. you That's what we agreed on. So it was. It, it feels like it kind of comes full circle, right? Because yeah, absolutely. Because she ran two thousand six, ran two thousand twelve, um, and then I ran in two thousand sixteen, and she was one of the biggest supporters who was mm-hmm. trying to teach me, you know, like do this, do that. Did an event for me full of like teachers uh, from the uh, from the district, and. Uh, and I was like, okay, I feel good about Diana. Yeah. I feel good about Dr. Worthen. Yeah. Because she not only has the experience, you know, she speaks both languages. She's out in the community all the time. And she's been in the community yeah. for a long time. You know, like, ever since I can remember, like, it was Ms. Worthen. Yep. Yep. And she's done so much. I didn't even know that she was uh, part of the of the beginning of the Hispanic Women's Organization. Yeah. Of, like, I didn't know that she was one of, like, the people that started it. Founded mm-hmm. it, yeah. You know, I always had this different vision of how, how I thought it started. And when she told me about just the process and everything, I was like, wow, like, not only do you deserve this, this position, but, yeah. like, I'm so happy that you're yeah. running for yeah. this position. Yeah. So when you saw someone like Dar- Dr. Worthen run for this position, Will, uh, what came to your mind? Yeah, so I, I think that Springdale is just a really fantastic example of what candidate recruitment can do for a community, particularly when the Democratic Party is focused not on just running someone in every position, but running someone of quality in every position. Um, Diana is known as, uh, you know, a community advocate. She's involved in tons of nonprofits, and, like, you can literally be brought to tears by, like, folks telling you their story of, mm-hmm. you know, meeting her in school and seeing a friendly face that, you know, that, that was all about inclusion and all about making sure that, that everyone felt safe at school. Um, but all across Springdale, I mean, the Republicans were pretty transparently devoted to making Springdale more Republican, to creating districts that were more difficult for incumbents like Representative Megan Godfrey to win re-election. Mm-hmm. Um, uh, Representative Godfrey is an example of what I was talking about earlier. I mean, Irvin runs in 2016, kind of paves the way for progress that we make in 2018 by flipping the seat, um, retaining the seat by an even bigger margin in 2020. And now Springdale has like a very safe, progressive feeling, you know, core of volunteers and activists and folks who are um, who are looking for that representation. And so in 2022, folks here have a choice. I mean, they have um, Lisa Parks running for state Senate. Lisa's been an attorney locally. She's worked uh, with organizations and with families that have needed help in this community. She, you know, that's her, that's her background and that's her heart. We have a retired music teacher, um, Paula Irwin, who is in the schools here um, and is running for an open seat in West Springdale. We have Diana in East Springdale. In the middle, we have Ray Hernandez, who actually lives in Benton County. Well, I just but, found out I was running yesterday. Yeah. So, him on Twitter. you know, Ray is a 20-year United States Marine who, you know, has a cattle farm out near Lowell. And I mean, this is about as diverse a representation of people yeah. that you you know, would want to bring to the ballot. We have Monique Jones running for a portion mm-hmm. of West Springdale and Elm Springs area. Um, been very involved in local, you know, nonprofits. And so we, uh, you know, we have a strong ticket in this area. And I think Diana in particular, you know, has this, this opportunity to make history, you know, in Washington County and Northwest Arkansas and in Arkansas more broadly. Um, I, as far as I know, she would be the first Latina to serve in the in the Arkansas legislature should yeah. she be elected. And there was like wow. there was like a Latino guy um, who I found out that was that was uh, elected, but he doesn't identify as Latino even though he is. Mm-hmm. So I guess that's a gray area. It's just yeah, like, I know there's a member of the legislature whose name is Justin Gonzalez. 
I wonder if that's. I think that might have been who I. Yeah. I reached out to. I don't know. I don't know much about him, um, but I know his name is Justin Gonzalez. Oh. We need to Google him. But at the same time, like if Doctor Worthen identifies <laughs> as Latin, as Latina, as a yeah. Latina, yeah. and like I feel like that's that's who we should kind of uh, honor as like yeah. our first, specifically, you know, people that have actually been doing something in the community. Exactly, and not only that, but embraces who they are because representation is important. You know, yeah. we, if we look at you know many groups like city council, like different, you know, just other positions that are around but none of none of them represent the actual population Mm -hmm. of our community and so how can we trust someone that like denies their heritage is like Mm. you know you can't trust you can't trust that because like if you are not okay with who you are then you're not going to be looking out for me and i don't care if your name is gonzalez it is whatever it is yeah. like, it comes down to like who that person is yeah definitely and I I always have like I always feel very troubled with the idea of when people run for office and the community doesn't really know them because they really didn't get involved with anything in their community mm-hmm. but then I also don't want to discourage people from running for right. office either right. so it's just kind of like have you ever thought about that balance like what like is there something that we should be proactive on on like telling yeah. people that are going to run for office like yo like Try to get in there. Try to, like, meet people even before you announce. So you can, so people can kind of, like, recognize you ahead of time. Because a lot of the times in our community, you see all these people that, like, never really come into our events and, and don't really know yeah. us. Yeah. And then they want us to vote for them. Yeah. And that's just trouble. Absolutely. No, I think running for office is and serving in office is a combination of factors. And, you know, some of those factors are community, um, network, um, resources. Um, and if you are going to struggle with those things... I think you have to seek, you have to seek out, you know, uh, developing a reputation in the community for service, a reputation in the community as someone who raises your hand to help, you know, resources. It's, it's hard to run for office. It's expensive yeah. to run for office. Yes. And if it is intimidating to you to think about picking up the phone and calling people you don't know to ask them for money, um, then, then you have to develop that skill set before you can do it. That's not to say you can't be successful if those things you know, aren't in your life right now, no. but, but it is a skill set that you will be better equipped to run for office if you're thinking about, you know, am I known for being a helper? Am I, am I equipped to you know, speak publicly? Do I understand what the position I'm running for um, actually does? And I think you know, we really have a deficit in this country and in this state in particular of people who are engaged civically. I mean, just look at the turnout. Like the turnout is like 20, 25%, you know, for the primary where a lot of our elections are decided. And that's because people are disengaged from government. And and for most people, it's justifiable, right? Like, what does the government do for me? Like, why why should I participate in this process? And the reality is um, our government is only as good as we make it. We have to be engaged with it, or you can see a lot of these bad laws, you know, get through. I mean, the power that we have as, you know, as people and as citizens to change our government, um, there's like a saying that's like, uh, America is the only country in the world where you get to overthrow your government every two years if you want to by voting them all out. Yeah. And so we should take that power yeah. and, um, and ensure that the people that are in office are, are actually accountable to us. What are some things that you've thought about or maybe, maybe I don't know how deep you've thought about this already, but of course, uh, just these past elections a few weeks ago, the numbers were really low, mm-hmm. you know, compare if you compare like the Democratic turnout to the Republican turnout. Yeah, maybe some people did show up and voted uh, purposely in the Republican ticket to vote against Sarah Sanders. Right. But uh, the Democrat numbers were really low. Um, what are what are some do you have any any have you all thought about that? Have you all like uh, 
process that because I know it was just recent, like of, of what we can do to support um, or what we can do to encourage people that usually vote progressive to show up to vote in November. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, it's a huge problem. I mean, if you look at just uh, Sarah Sanders and John Bozeman, between the two of them, they spent at least $10 million um, to win their primaries. Like they spent $10 million in Arkansas, a pretty small state with only 3 million people. Um, to each get, you know, a couple hundred thousand votes. Yeah. And um, that's a lot of money. Democrats combined probably spent no more than two hundred to $250,000, maybe a little bit more than that. Mm. Um, but uh, I'm sorry, I said that wrong. They spent between $1.7 and $2 million. So we got outspent, mm. you know, five or 10 to one, you know, and then got outvoted three or four to one, which is not great. But the resources that were brought to bear, you know, by this Trump machine that exists now, you know, Sarah Sanders is an extension mm -hmm. of Donald Trump's administration. Yeah. Um, Arkansas is but a temporary stop for her on the path back to Washington, D.C. And I think that shows in your fundraising. I mean, when you're raising more than half your money from people that live in Texas and Florida and New York and mm. elsewhere, um, it's because they see an investment that, yeah. that's going to get them power in D.C. again. And mm -hmm. so. Um, you can tell that when you listen to her talk. I mean, she's talking about the radical left. I, I look around Springdale and Fayetteville, <laughs> and I'm like, where are you guys? I don't see any radical left in Arkansas. I see people who want the Internet to run faster or maybe want health care not to make you bankrupt. Um, and I don't think that's particularly radical. And so, um, you know, it's discouraging um, that we don't have more folks engaged, but that also falls on the party, and that falls on us to to change it. We think that those pathways are... are um, um, are many. One is uh, talking to our neighbors, right? You've got to get engaged with the campaign. You've got to get engaged locally and find someone to, uh, to volunteer for, find someone to go knock on doors or join a phone bank um, and get people out to vote. Um, we also have to register voters. Irvin, I know you're engaged deeply in that work. And um, we have to change the math. I mean, the math right now is not good. Joe Biden got 34 point something percent of the vote in Arkansas, and that's not nearly half. And so if we're going to get back to where you know, there's a balance of power in Arkansas, then we need to really deeply change the, the fundamentals of the electorate. But, you know, it's not all gray clouds and, and rainstorms. I mean, there's, um, if just the people who went and voted for Joe Biden, just the people who got that 34 and a half percent, you know, in 2020 turned out to vote in this midterm election, it would be more than 90% of what Democrats need to win statewide in Arkansas. That means electing Chris Jones governor, electing Kelly Kraut to be lieutenant governor, electing Jesse Gibson and Annabeth Gorman and all of these statewide Democrats, the people that just voted for Joe Biden represent more than 90% of that number. So we have to get people back out to vote. And, and the key is, will we have the resources, meaning can we get people engaged financially and will we be able to talk to enough people you know, over the next five months? What's, what's your take on uh, people saying that Arkansas is a red state? So I call Arkansas right now red state. I think it was a blue state, you know, as recently as 2010, which, you know, is a political lifetime ago. But yeah. um, Arkansas is a, a, a pretty disengaged state when it comes to our politics. Like we talked about earlier, somewhere between 20 and 25 percent of people just decided to participate in the primary. And, and that's not nearly good enough. Um, and so we are a state that, you know, is now routinely passing laws to make it harder for people to vote routinely eliminating election sites. I, I say that with a grain of salt because I still believe that in Arkansas it's comparatively um, accessible to go vote. I mean, in Washington County where we're sitting right now, um, 
almost every election center, if not all of them, are vote centers. I mean, yes. so it means if you live in Fayetteville but work in Springdale, you can vote in Springdale if that's more convenient to you. Mm -hmm. um, but it's still too hard to register to vote. It's still too hard to get engaged with the process in the first place. I mean, who wants to go to the DMV to register to vote? Who wants to go down to the county clerk's office? Yeah. Or who wants to mail in a form that might very well get lost? We should be able to go online and register to vote. And even when or I go knock on be, people's doors, it's hard to get people registered to vote. Right, because right, filling out a form and trusting your personal information with someone yeah. at your door is tough. Yeah. I mean, it should be very easy to register to vote, and it should be convenient to turn out to vote on Election Day. But, uh, again, to go back to, like, even just the people who are already registered to vote, um, when we're only getting 20 or 25% of people, or maybe if we're lucky in the general election, 50% of people to turn out, that's still way too many of the people who are registered right now. So mm -hmm. I think that changes through conversation. I mean, I think it changes through good practice to... Um, I think we, we need more community groups like sending out voter guides like, hey, make sure you go vote in a couple weeks and then make sure you go vote next week and then make sure you go vote tomorrow. You know, we need these reminders that, you know, working people are living busy lives. You know, they, yeah. they're not making time you know on their schedule necessarily to go vote. I do think that like outreach on social media is also super important mm -hmm. because I did feel like this this election, this last election. People were just really disengaged. They, okay, I was gonna. My I mom gonna didn't go vote. Yeah. Okay, I was gonna say you know? that. Why, why do you think that's happening? And and to me, like it doesn't make sense because you know everyone says like, oh, what's the point in voting? Or, or mm -hmm. you know, it doesn't change anything. Well, if it didn't change anything, if nothing happened, then why are they trying so hard to take away our voting mm -hmm. rights? Mm -hmm. I mean, we have to think about that. Mm -hmm. So now it's like, how do we make it clear? Or how do we, you know, get this through like especially like our young voters mm -hmm. to like realize how important it is because if it wasn't that important they wouldn't be actively trying to take our rights mm -hmm. yeah. absolutely no i think it's a really important question because um you know i work for the democratic party the democratic party a hundred years ago was a conservative party the democratic yeah. party today still has folks who cling on to conservatism or more conservative positions in the hopes that they'll convince, you know, Arkansas voters to stick with them because, well, we're not like those national Democrats, you know, and, and when folks show up at the polls, they look at the party and they say, you know, I'm more with this party than that party. They don't always say, you know, like, I'm going to consider a lot of, you know, uh, granular detail about every individual candidate. And so you have to stand for something. I mean, you have to show up for people and your policy platforms and your positions and what you, what you mean has to stand for something, you know? And so, you know, when I look, you know, towards the future, I wanna see a Democratic Party and I wanna see candidates who are Democrats who stand for things that differentiate them from Republican politicians. It's not enough to say like, I don't like Donald Trump or I'm against yeah. Sarah Sanders. You gotta say what you're for. Yeah. I mean, in, in Arkansas, we believe that the Democratic Party is working for a better Arkansas. We don't accept the status quo. We think that Arkansas can be safer, healthier, fairer, um, and we think our future can be brighter. And I mean, those are those are things we can aspire towards by making specific public policy changes that when someone, you know, says like, OK, in Arkansas, the infant mortality rate is one of the highest in the country. How can we get more resources to to mothers and people who are pregnant and 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 ensure that we don't have a disparate set of infant mortality rates between communities of color and and white folks who are pregnant. I mean, that shouldn't exist in the year 2022, but what's your tangible solution to it? I mean, my God, we're looking around the country right now and talking about gun violence, and it's like, it's obvious that there are steps we could take right now mm -hmm. to address this crisis in our country. I mean, I was corresponding with 
um, folks about policies earlier that we could work on when I learned about another shooting that had taken place at a funeral for someone yeah. who had been killed in a shooting. I mean, this wow. is out of control. I own was guns. Okay. You know? Because the last ago. one that I heard was the one from Tulsa. Yeah, no, this was another one today. Ago. And, you know, oh I, I grew up, you know, like being responsible with guns. I own guns. I'm not scared of guns. I'm not a liberal that's like afraid of, of having a conversation about, you know, um, legal gun ownership. I mean, I don't think any liberal I know wants to come snatch your guns. But at the end of the day, like there's tangible policies, you know, if scientists are telling us a person's brain isn't fully formed until they're 25 years old, yep. don't let them buy an assault rifle when they're Can't even rent a van 18 or 19 yeah, years yeah. old. Yeah. This is common sense. And so anyway, if we actually had leaders with courage, if you actually stood for something, then I think this would be a lot easier. But we mostly have politicians who are cowards in office. And so, oh, yeah, they're all endorsed by the NRA. Right. Yeah. And, it's, and it's crazy because, I mean, they have the political landscape is in their favor so they don't even have to try hard you know when you go on the social media it's always the same basic things yeah. that they always put because they know that's going to be enough to rile up their their fan base to show up yeah. mm -hmm. and at the end of the day like the people that show up to vote are the ones that actually end up making a difference mm -hmm. you know politically right so i think it's important that we that we do anything that we can to encourage people specifically young people to show up and vote yeah. sure and when you you know Irvin, you kind of asked that question about the red states earlier i mean when you think about, you know, that only some portion of the people who are eligible to vote register to vote in Arkansas, and then only some portion of those registered voters turn up to vote, and then only some portion of those voters who turn up vote for the Republicans who are in power right now, it really boils down to something like 19 percent of the of the state is determining who's the governor for all of us is mm -hmm. deter determining who's the senator for all of us are we like second to last of like we're we're near the bottom i don't like know the exact not. ranking but it's very yeah. bad um and so we we just have to do better in that regard but i think it's a combination of resources mobilization and um and giving people a message that resonates with them you know i had a conversation with my dad my dad and i don't have the same political beliefs and i was like saying like Where's the politician that will stop spam cell phone calls and text messages from coming into our phone? Because that person will get elected president like mm -hmm. next week. Yeah. Mm -hmm. But they're so busy talking about BS that they're not talking about like things that actually impact a person's daily life, like the cost of gasoline right now or whether our spam texts are just blowing up our phone. Like they should be focused on the daily lives of people, not these culture, you know, nonsense things. But that's what happens when you get people in power that don't have or never had the struggles that we've had. So, you know, oh, sorry. <laughs> that didn't, so they can't relate because it's never, it's, you know, it's kind of when you think about like, oh, I'm going to do a presentation for like the community, but you're only speaking in English. Mm -hmm. Like nobody thinks about bringing interpreters in to make it inclusive mm -hmm. until yeah. somebody brings it up. So it's kind of like an afterthought. Yeah. And so I feel that for a lot of uh, politicians that are currently in office or running for office, that's kind of their mentality. Yeah, I think that the biggest success we see is when people break the mold, right? Whenever they get out of the norm, Megan Godfrey's a great example yes. here in Springdale, you know, when she brings to bear some of the resources that um, that she was able to to connect on a deeper level. It's like you win your first race by under 30 votes, you know, and then you win by 12% because you walk the walk whenever you're in, you know, the legislature to make people's lives better, you know, give access to better jobs, 
um, create better, you know, situations for our public school teachers, mm -hmm. improve access to healthcare. I mean, these things actually impact people's lives. Yes. And, and it should be big, right? I mean, it should be like, nobody in America should go bankrupt because they get sick, but then it should be granular. Like nobody should have to pay $300 a month if they're diabetic and need insulin, right? I mean, these are pretty fundamental things, but if you're not impacted by that and you're not working on that, so you don't think about you don't it. care. It's yeah. not on your radar. Yeah. That's so crazy. Um, I think, I do think that there is, there is more that needs to be done in order to reach out to some communities because uh, I felt it this this last election cycle. I just felt it, and I and I feel that there does need to be change in regards to messaging. Uh, not only you know canvassing and, and and showing up to events that's great, but people get on Facebook when they get home from work, and yep. they just scroll. And right? lunch break, first thing in the morning when they wake up. Mm -hmm. I mean, come on. Kelly Cross has been doing an amazing job with TikTok. Mm -hmm. TikTok is a free app that allows you to literally put content on people that don't even know you yeah don't even follow you but tiktok somehow finds a way to put your stuff in front of local people for free it's like free advertisement yeah. and that's something that, that that kelly has championed and, and i've personally seen when i've been at same events with with kelly well people will literally just come up to her and be like oh i know you from tiktok Oh, absolutely. Oh, nice. No, I was at a wedding in Kentucky. I was in the middle of Kentucky. Like, no, like I knew maybe four total people at this wedding, but I went to support my friend that went to U of A in Fayetteville. And um, he was getting married in Kentucky. And he introduces me to his uh, friend that had come to Kentucky from North Carolina, where he lives now, and says, oh, this is uh, Kristen. She's involved in politics in North Carolina. Um, and, and he goes, this is my friend, Will. He's involved in politics in Arkansas. Y'all should talk to each other. And she goes, do you know who Kelly Crowd is? Right. And I said, are you kidding me? And I, I uh, took a picture and sent it to, uh, to Kelly. And I said, I have one of your TikTok fans, you know, here at this That's wedding so in the middle cool. of Kentucky. So it does reach people. You're right. I mean, you Social have media. to break those molds and get out. I know some people feel ways. like weird about going on TikTok because they think it's like a kid's app. But no, it's you gotta really take not. advantage. You gotta take advantage of yeah. that. Uh, listen, I did a TikTok on pro TikTok. TikTok. Now I sound like a boomer. I'm a boomer over here. Boomer. No, I did a TikTok. It's like when people say tweeps. I did a tweet the other day. Um, no, I did a TikTok um, on election day because I saw the uh, um, the one where it's like the sound from that song. It's like woke up with a strange tattoo. You know the one I'm talking about. Anyway, I did like a voter tattoo. I saw it. You put it on Instagram. I yeah. think I saw it. Yeah. You, you, we got to take that step. You know, yeah. you got to get out of your comfort zone and really, like, I remember, like, for a while during the campaign, I had to use the WhatsApp app for something. Oh, yeah, yeah, And yeah. I was like, I don't want to get on WhatsApp, but, like, one of the organizers like, only had WhatsApp. Yes. I, I mean, I have used WhatsApp for years because it's so easy to communicate with family that lives in another country. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Because it's based on Wi-Fi. Yeah. And... A lot of people use it and have it already on their mm -hmm. phone, so why not tap into that resource that's already there? Yeah, one of the other uh, social medias that I thought was uh, cool that people are using is YouTube. Mm -hmm. Like, not, not just posting videos on their YouTube page, but, like, paying for ads. Yeah. So I'd be watching, like, the new Lady Gaga music video or something, yeah. and then a campaign video showed yes. up right after, and I was like, wow, like, this is yeah. this is smart. And I was oh, like, yeah. wow, I didn't think about that. That happens on my Spotify, too. Oh, it does? Yes. Oh. I mean, it's never the politicians that I care Support? to know <laughs> or vote for, um, but I'm like, oh, okay, all right, this is kind of cool. So, like, we have all these platforms that we mm. can tap into that are already in place, and it's just a matter of, like, stepping out of the box and, you know, thinking beyond because we're trying to reach new generations. 
you know we're trying to reach the new generation so we have to meet them where they are yeah definitely and that's absolutely. important definitely and this is off topic but do you like harry potter not even i cannot say yes or no i've never i you never either really li- you either like it or you don't no, I see. I've never got into it. Like, I've never I think it's read. a no. I mean, if you that's, didn't that's get into it, no. like it's. I mean, TikTok. Yeah, but let me like, tell you. Like let me tell years. you why. Let me. I think the reason why is that I rebelled against it because everybody that's was right. talking about. Oh, you want to be like a hipster? You were just like, oh, I, <laughs> like I don't. It's too mainstream for me. That's yes. what Myra does. Myra does yes. that all the time. She's yes. like, I'm not listening no. to this song because it's too mainstream. Yes, yes. Or and the show. <laughs> you know, and it just kind of it just feels. It doesn't feel natural. It doesn't feel natural, but that's not saying that I won't in the future. I am, um, I'm an avid reader, so I yeah, really yeah. enjoy that. Yeah. And I definitely, I've had the opportunity to like watch the movies and stuff. Yeah. But I'm like, no, I'd rather read the, read book the books first. first. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Absolutely. The reason why I bring it up is because I got this new keychain. It's like a Slytherin keychain, right? And I know you're also Team Slytherin, right? That's right. Yeah. So can you explain why you're Team Slytherin? Yeah, I absolutely. have difficulty doing it without sounding like I'm. A jerk. No, I, I think it, it's a it's a house with a bad rap, uh, Irvin. Um, Slytherin is uh, you know a, a house that acknowledges power. I mean, power and politics are go hand in hand. I mean, um, it just it's it's the book you know is it's a kid's book, but I mean in terms of the theme of power, it's it's how you exert your power. You know, uh, if you are exerting your power to help people, um, we need we need Democrats to have more power right now in the legislature. Definitely. We need to, um, you know. Uh, exercise power to help um, those who are marginalized in Arkansas. And so I think that, you know, I've always embraced that power isn't a bad thing. It's just how you use it. And so, you know, that's the theme from the book. All those, all the Slytherins in the book are bad guys though, for the most part. So I don't really identify with that part of it. Um, Probably a really a Gryffindor at heart, but, um, but I think it's funny to be contrarian. So I've always liked uh, one of my favorite, well, two of my favorite characters are Draco and Snape. Mm -hmm. So I feel like because of them, Mm-hmm. I choose Slytherin over anything yeah. else because I love their characters, yeah. especially like Draco after the sixth book, yeah. you know, and, and especially at the end. And then Snape, once you find out everything that Snape did, which I'm not gonna go more into it because I know that there's spoilers from some people. <laughs> I haven't read Harry Potter after like decades. People that have not came read out. Harry Potter. You? I, <laughs> yeah. I, like, it's too late for the spoilers. You've missed your. You've missed the book. Real, you know, I, you I can just say I'm, anything, I'm okay right? with that, but okay. just. For the people out there that have not read him, it's okay. Yeah, it's, okay. it's not for yeah. everyone. Okay, it's okay to not be okay. It's, it's okay, okay to, to be. A, <laughs> it's okay to be uh, a muggle. It's okay to be a muggle. You can be a muggle. Listen, um, once the whole hype, and I'm still waiting for the hype to die down, so that I could be like, okay, I'm gonna give it a chance. New video but, games coming out, then they're gonna have the new. Uh, so I can't, like, I can't. It's no, like, you can never keep much. up with the with it's the fandoms. Like, I I haven't seen the. Fantastic Beasts. I haven't seen any of those movies. Like I just haven't like kept up with it. You know, I watched. I think at the beginning of COVID, like I watched like all the original um, uh, movies. You know, from the two thousand tens or whatever. But um, and I was like, oh, these are pretty good. You know, not as good as the books, but they're pretty good. But um, it's hard to get into Fantastic Beasts. Yeah. I've tried it. I've I've watched the first one. It's all right. Yeah. But then I just stopped, and I and I really want to get into them. I know the book. The, the book that. That was actually uh, sold. <laughs> That's right. Wasn't no, it's fair. <laughs> Wear the label proudly. <laughs> Wasn't even like based on the movie. It was just like a guide, right, to like the different beasts mm-hmm. in, the, in the in the wizarding world. But I don't know. Maybe maybe I, I can try again just to see if I can get. But my wife Myra, she's obsessed with Twilight. And That's my girl. Yes, like, my. Do you like Twilight? Oh my gosh, yes. Oh, I didn't know you like Twilight. Oh. Does she know that you like Twilight? I. We she talk. wants to have a Twilight party. 
Oh my gosh. At I want to co-host. I'm busy I want to co-host with you, my dad. I definitely, I, I'm, I'm team Jacob. I'm trying to do a Harry Potter. You, t- team Jacob? Yes, absolutely. Oh, she's obsessed with, with Edward. Jacob I, is the I new can. Batman, or is that Edward? That's, that's Edward. That's Edward. Edward. Yeah. That's Edward. Oh, no. you really don't know. You really don't know the movies, no. then. No, no, no. <clears throat> I'd rather be warm than cold, so. I'm team Jacob, too. Yay! I like Jacob. Plus, um, he is indigenous. Yeah, 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 well, the character is not him. Well, the character because yes. he's like from Detroit. Yeah, or something like that. <laughs> Jacob's. From, I mean, uh, what's his name? Uh, Tyler. Tyler, something. Wow, we don't know. You don't know his name? <laughs> no. Tyler. I mean, come on. Like, how long ago did these movies come out? And it's been a while. It's, it's been, been like a ten while. years. So I'll tell you how I got into it. I rented that movie back when Blockbuster was still a thing. Shout out uh, Blockbuster. Yes. Uh, R.I.P. Blockbuster. Shout out Take Two Video. Yeah, yes. Take Two Video. Yes, <laughs> I cannot forget. And so I watched the first Twilight movie, and I was just like, this is kind of cool. Like, I didn't think that I was going to get into it, but I was like, okay, I can, I'll buy it. So then I was just like, well, if the movie was this good, oh, the book the must books. be amazing. Oh, I was blown away when I read the books. I was upset. I have all the four books. I actually have the audio CDs. Oh, dang. I didn't tell Myra that you're, you're a Twihard, as they're am. called. Twihard. You're a Twihard. I once told my mom if she could bring me like Twilight movie from Mexico because you know they have like the, yeah. the, movie, <laughs> the movies <laughs> yeah, that they that they film at the movie theater. I was See? poor. I was poor back then. Okay, yeah, don't yeah, judge yeah, me. Yeah, yeah. No, but no, she no. brought me vampires. Uh, vampires suck, which is like the parody <laughs> of Twilight. <laughs> it's horrible. Try to watch that movie. It's, it's bad. Like it's bad, bad. I mean, bad. the 2010s were just dominated by bad vampire content. Oh my god. I mean, gosh. I think there was a lot of. Did you ever guys ever get into True Blood? I've heard about it, but yeah. Never. yeah. It's it's, it's very Is that like Tyler Posey? intense. Um, I don't know. I can't remember the actor's name. There was another one besides that one. What was the other one? I, I, Is it I, Vampire Diaries? Vampire yeah, Diaries. Yes. I never got into any of those. I try to. But anyway, you should take the test to see what house you're in. Maybe you might be able to join the Slytherin squad over here with me and Will. That's one of the houses, might have been. It's Slytherin. You guys can't see, but I have the most confused look. Gryffindor, Hufflepuff, and uh, Ravenclaw. Got Ravenclaw is the one that no one really wants to be in. But oh, like, that'll take that one. And then Gryffindor is like the brave, like the honorable no, people. No, that's mainstream. And then Hufflepuff is what? Touchy feely, emotional, caring. I, Myra got that. I house. Don't Myra got Hufflepuff. I'll but if you want to be that, Slytherin, I'm glad I said a nice thing there. <laughs> I'm really happy I said a nice thing. Touchy feely, emotional, uh, caring. What, it, what would it mean to be a? snake or uh, power you like power but you use power for good or you use it for cunning bad. you know loyalty oh yeah that, that i think power. you're slytherin i think I so think too you're slytherin. i think so too well automatically well just because we said so now you're slytherin you've, you've there joined you the squad. there you go see yes. i don't even have to read the books <laughs> i just now i'm like slytherin and now going back to what we were discussing will whiskey? uh no. well we forgot to, we forgot to talk about whiskey <laughs> but we'll we'll definitely talk about that in the future because i know that we're all low on time but i did want to say for anyone that's listening out there who doesn't know if they're going to vote in November, uh, has never gone involved with any political campaign, what would you say to them if they're listening right now as a message of encouragement or just to get them involved? Yeah, I think that the future is is on the ballot this, uh, this fall. I think if you are interested in human rights, if you are interested in um, politicians who will actually take action on gun violence, if you are interested in standing up for... Um, people who don't have a voice, you know, I think that, that you have to get engaged in politics, you have to make 
um, really smart choices at the at the voting booth. Um, and that means like learning what's going on in your community, whether it's at the city council level or the county level or the state and federal level. We have a lot of elections. I mean, you show up and there might be two dozen things to vote for, and that requires some, you know, some some research and, and getting engaged in the process. But I mean, there's so many issues that we we just we can't afford to not take action on. I mean, I think most young people know the planet's on fire. You know, there's daily crises Literally. across the country. Um, and, and the future doesn't look as bright right now as it could. And, and there are folks willing to stand up, to raise their hand and say, well, I'll run and I'll try to make a difference, but it doesn't matter if we don't get them enough votes to get across the finish line. And, and that's why it's important to show up um, but, but as importantly, you have to find two or three other people in your family or in your friend group who maybe are disengaged and, and say, I need you to go vote. If it's not to go vote for yourself, go vote for me, go vote for, um, this person who needs access to healthcare, or this person who, um, is, has been done wrong by our system, but we need, you know, everyone to show up for, I mean, uh, I'm a person of faith and, and there's a verse about doing, uh, the best we can by the, for the least among us. And we have to be asking ourselves, are we doing the best we can for the least among us? And and that's the politics that I think that we should, you know, give our vote to. You have my vote, so. Awesome. There you go. There you go. Well, thank you for your time, Will. I appreciate you Thank you, you guys so here. much for having me. This is great. I look forward to having you maybe in the next few months so we can talk maybe after elections or before elections just to see either if it's before elections, we'll discuss, you know, like what's going on and give everybody updates. If it's after, we'll discuss what happened during. And we'll talk ghost and whiskey in the future, you know. Oh, my gosh, yes, definitely, yes, definitely, definitely. Last time you brought some whiskey, so maybe the third time I'll bring... Wait. We'll bring some so whiskey. you brought whiskey the first time, but not the second time. I know we're dr all driving. He's got to drive. So, he's, yeah. being, he's being being a, a good person. Don't drink. I mean, <laughs> I guess. <laughs> and um, but yeah, thank you for your time and uh, for everybody listening. Thank you all for listening this week. We'll catch you all next week. That was episode 130. Signing off, wow. Irvin and Maribel. Have a good week. Adios.